Welcome back to recap. Actually, I should do the sexy open this time. <clears throat> You're not under the sexy light, though, but do what you can. Yeah. Good. Welcome back to recap, the podcast Ooh. where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me in the studio today are the professoriest of professors, <laughs> Professor X, i.e. Alex Crohannon. We also have the boss lady of Pointcast herself, Francine Dash, with us today. Well, Obviously, we have me. I'm the host, Joshua Hyde. You know me. You know who I am. You know what I represent. But we also have our greatest he, him. <laughs> Nick the dude. I love that. He is with us today. I thought it was Nick the homie. Nick the Nick, homie. Damn it, I keep fucking it up. Nick the homie. <laughs> write it into the script right now. Just jot it right. down. I'm going to write it. I'm going to put it in my notes. Nick Edits. the homie. Edit. Nick the homie. I really just wrote it down. All right. <laughs> Nick the homie. You it's are in, in here, man. It's in there. How are we feeling this wonderful afternoon, my friends? Pretty. Pretty decent, pretty decent, a lot going on, processing, but overall, all right. My car's on E, and mm. I, I don't know. I just, I feel know. that. Do, do I need to follow you to that, a gas station uh, to make sure you get there? You right know, I, I roll on E these days. Well, I mean, I mean, given the price <laughs> of gas, sometimes you just do what you got to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'll say, I've been working remotely. Yeah. Uh, I, I went from being in the office four days a week to being in the office one day a week. Nice. I'm down to three days a week, but it's still, you know. I work it's remotely. $5. Yes. I know. Almost six in some places. It's wow. it's getting ridiculous. Uh, I used to still not have to worry. cheaper than in Europe. Very true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I used to not have to worry about gas because I also work from home. However, mm-hmm. um, we recently started taking the baby to daycare, mm-hmm. and I'm the one who does that since I'm the one who's free in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So that's been a bit of a draw Mm-hmm. On my, uh, on my. It's more than you used resource. to. Yes. I think it's when it's more than you used to. And because I work at, at home most of the time, you don't really pay attention to it until you go to the pump, and then you're like, "Wow, I just bought gas for everybody up in this place." For real, <laughs> like <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't realize filling up my gas tank was the price of a video game nowadays. Like what? <laughs> well, as a, it's crazy. As a fun fact. As a fun fact, where where you guys live, uh, the current average for gas is about five dollars and twenty some cents. Um, in where I live, it is I think the highest in the country. It's six dollars and oh eighteen cents. Oh, that's wow. gross! I think I would pack and just it's, get over the border. That's just gross. Get, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to Ohio. It's not better, but it's get cheaper. out of there. Yeah, get out of there. Uh, the by homie, the way, get out of your tent, there. Say man. Ohio, your new slogan. It's not better, but it is cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I'm just, hey, that that works. That works. That works. All right. So let's go ahead and kick off the show proper. I'm going to go ahead and I I would toss it to Anthony. But again, uh, like before, he is not here with us today. He had some things to do. However, I will be the poll host today. So in the spirit channeling my Anthony here, uh, our polls come out on Friday of every week we have one we have a nice little brain teasers and interesting thoughts for you there we like to uh hear what you guys like to think we we often share them amongst ourselves but uh we also like to know what you guys will you know say and sometimes we cover some of them here mm-hmm. on the show just to get a little bit a little bit of a deeper dive into them uh so one today that i want to cover from a little while ago was regarding uh a professor by the name of amy wax she's a law professor at penn state uh and she had been accused of espousing racist rhetoric in her 20 plus years of teaching at this institution. Uh, She, however, feels otherwise. Uh, I quote, my case on some level is not about me. I'm just roadkill, a casualty in the culture wars. Um, She told uh, SAAD, whose YouTube channel has more than uh, 230,000 subscribers. Uh, Again, quote, what I see being said and done with respect to me is truly alarming. It is a total repudiation of the very concept of academic freedom. Uh, recently, what she has been accused of saying, among other things, is that blacks and Asians are resentful of Western success. Also, according to NBC News, she has been quoted as saying America is 
better off with fewer Asians. Um, black and Asian students obviously accuse her of making statements like this over several years without rebuke. And they're not asking for a transparent investigation as to ultimately remove her from her role. The poll question is, uh, is it true that these students are infringing upon her, Ms. Professor Wax's academic freedom and thereby her constitutional right to freedom mm-hmm. of speech or or, or I guess, and I guess a follow up question is where does, where do freedom of, where does freedom of speech end for you? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this, this kind of hits a le- several things mm-hmm. uh, as it, as it goes through. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, and I, I don't, I don't say this just because I am a black person responding as a black person to these statements that she's making, but I, I don't think that people who have those types of, um, What's the best way to make the I'm trying to figure out the best word to make the point that I'm trying to make here. I, I think that her statements are very um, non-inclusive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. What, what's the, <laughs> there's there's like a word for that that I'm specifically trying to describe. It's not really divisive. There we go. People with those kinds of divisive views in my mind shouldn't be teaching. Uh, given that the in my mind the goal of an academic institution is to broaden the mind not to close it Mm. Um, and so my issue uh, on a personal level is uh, with the nature of those statements and the nature of the teachings around them uh, not necessarily the fact that she is uh, feeling as though black and asian people are resentful of western success although i think that that needs to be unpacked um yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah I, you know, when I first heard that poll, I, I felt some kind of way about it, but I didn't know, you know, obviously I didn't like the tone and tenor of that, but, you know, I just didn't really, I don't understand how she got there. Yeah, same. Yeah. It, it, it's not <laughs> like it would make a difference, but I'm just curious. It wouldn't make a difference as far as me believing that that's just beyond problematic. the pale. Yeah, yeah, quite problematic. But I do remember professors like that when mm-hmm. I was in college. I remember professors being protected or feeling protected because they were tenured. And just saying all kinds of off-the-wall nonsense. Yeah, Just all kinds of things. And then the only, the only power we had as students was to drop the class. Or to or try like to get a say different. Something, but that wouldn't actually go anywhere. It wouldn't. You can report it to department heads, but they don't. You know, they don't really move until there's like an outside light shine mm-hmm. shown on the thing. I, uh, I, have a, I have a quick story to say about this because uh, I also dealt with this being one of the few black people. I, uh, few, I feel like few feels like a fair word to say when you go to a school like Franklin College <laughs> in Franklin, Indiana. And for those of you, you that's a mascot a, black person. There. <laughs> I, I was very much the token black in several of the scenarios that I was in. I think in, if I remember correctly, the, the general campus was about a thousand to maybe like 1100 students. And there were, there was a, a total black population of less than 30. Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, we were we were very few and far between. Uh, and one of the issues that I had with one of the uh, like professors that I took a class for, uh, kind of came along to very similar lines. I just had a, a bit of an issue with some of the things that were being said in the class. And uh, one of the things that was brought up to me was that I could take it to the department head, except they were the department head. So like, what what then do I do about that? Who do I report them to if the person yeah. who I would normally like tap on as a resource is the person who is being the problem. <laughs> yeah. They're in life. So, a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what do you do? What do you do in that regard? But yeah, uh, Alex or, or Nick, you guys have any thoughts on, on that poll? So I have a lot of thoughts on that poll, but Alex, you go first. So, um, tenure is a very important, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I know in like in these instances, like it, like we're only seeing the downsides, but like tenure as a, uh, it's like, um, as a, a principle, like as a concept, is like very important for, um, like for harboring, inte- as I, intelligent discussion in universities. Mm-hmm. Um, so historically, what it is used for, like what it is used for, is that it allows uh, professors to um, speak their minds about uh, controversial things in their area of expertise. 
Um, so, uh, so you can kind of, so think of Calpernicus. So, you know, the person who, uh, through like through very careful and methodical plotting of, um, positions of planets and stars on the earth, you know, relative to their position on the earth came up with the heliocentric <laughs> model that the planets revolve around the sun. Specifically, the Earth revolves around the sun rather than the widely accepted geocentrical model at the time that was everything revolves around the Earth. We are God's chosen people. We are God's chosen planet. Everything revolves around us. Well, this was heretical at the time, and he was burned for it. But like, but the institution largely, say, like he was able to like say these things because the institution, like basically... Like this is the argument for tenure, right. your ability to say you know say, say these things within your field that may be controversial, but are like are also potentially accurate. Um, so I I understand this particular issue like it it is a problem, um, especially like so her ideas come from this idea the idea that like it is difficult uh, it is difficult for Asians to assimilate into Western culture. They tend to, um, unlike other cultures, they, um, well, to a larger extent than other cultures, they tend to cluster together um, and they tend to stay, like, and they tend to honor their cultural roots rather than integrate into our larger culture. And so, um, you know, by that argument, the word, as I say, she says the U.S. would be better with fewer, for fewer Asians and less Asian immigration. Like that's like the, the so that's the principle for her argument. Right. Um. Obviously, the, but there aren't very many Asians to here to start with. Like, is there uh, a problem that I don't know about? Like, are they? Uh, is there like this crime wave of? <laughs> I mean, so law school Asian student because that's where she is. She's a law school professor. Uh, and uh, answer is um. Who. Okay, so like they, you know, stereotypically, um, they say Asians are awesome at school, and uh, they do take disproportionate. And relative to their population size, um, uh, what is their of the percentage of the U.S. They take up a lot more spots in like in colleges. They take up a lot more spots in um, you know pres- in prestigious programs. Because, you know, say, because, like, that's, like, their cult, like, uh, due to cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I've, I've heard the same argument used in a different way when it came to um, people south of the border coming here taking jobs, right? So are they taking positions in schools that, you know, because a lot of people aren't trying to be a law student or a whatever it is that we claim they're taking. I mean, we're talking what, well, what so the percentage of our population of Asians is. First of all, it's just out. Well, let me just go back. It just sounds, it's just racist. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not making this. <laughs> I am not trying to defend. I am not defending so, the argument. I am observing. I'm observing what the argument is. Right. Like right. I want like. You know, oh, I appreciate she, you. The idea that, deserves. I did ask. Say, the, the idea deserves <laughs> to be engaged in good faith. Yes. Right. Right. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah, say, I, you, I don't you, think you, this is a thing tenure. Right. Um, and so, uh, but so like to your point, Francine, um, yes, like the say immigration, say immigrants are often a scapegoat for like political woes. I mean, like they're taking our gerbs. We all know the South Park reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but jobs taken by immigrants tend to be jobs that are not that are undesired or undesirable by the general populace. Right. They tend to be. Uh, and I say they tend to be low wage, hard, I say hard, and I say hard, laborious work. Mm-hmm. So they tend like they help in the agricultural community. They help in consumer, like in uh, customer services. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like typically, you know, tr- typically like through cleaning or cooking or th- you know, things like that. Those those are the niches that are typically reserved for immigrants. But in the case of like in, in the case of like prestige, you know, prestigious law schools or prestigious graduate schools or prestigious high schools, uh, those are desired. Those are things that people want. Those are actively taking 
spots away that would be filled by other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Okay. If that's Again, her argument, I get I'm where not, you're coming. Yeah, if that's, that's her that is, argument. That is her argument. Right. The, yeah. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> correction. Yeah. Not is, your... This, this is, com- like, this is completely nonsense, and, like, this is, like, that is the cost of a meritocracy. Right, yeah. right, right, right. If you want, say, if you think that your child should be, then, like, be, like, then you have to, like, you have to make them be better. Right. Um, And we can talk about, like, we talk about, like, the ways that you could go about doing that. Like, mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. stop putting so much emphasis on standardized tests and... Uh, oh, don't get me started. Oh, my like, gosh. Whole, like, there, if you want, if you really... Say, if we really think that there is a problem with, like... Or you could add more funding to the place so that they have more spots. Mm-hmm. So that larger four portions of the population get to use these resources. Yeah. There are... There are some structural ways that you could, if you thought this was a problem, there are some structural ways you could go about doing it mm-hmm. that don't devolve to um, we we dislike or we hate this group of people because they are different. Yeah, agreed. I personally <laughs> think we should just like funnel more funds into like education in general. Like we should just increase the general funding for all of our educational endeavors throughout the entire United States. But that's just me. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember I you thought. saying you had some thoughts. Two thoughts. Nick, let's go. Let's yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to minimize my, my whole thing. Cause I talked a lot about this when it was posted. I'm going to minimize my thing to two main points. Okay. Um, the first point is that I don't think anyone can deny if you say a group of people, specifically a race, there needs to be less of them. It's anything other than racist. I think we can all agree that's a racist statement to make. Mm. Um, if you say that, yeah. Um, and so the background thought that I, that, that, that feels specifically, right, in reference to Asians, it feels specifically like a racist, white supremacist dog whistle, simply because the stereotype of Asian that has been perpetuated in America is the good minority. And I'm air quoting that, not that you can see. Um, they're the, 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 the stereotype is that Asians are good at math, Asians are good at academics, Asians play a lot of music, blah, blah, blah. It's all nonsense that's being pushed to see, to basically the purpose of it is so other, they can use Asians as a reference point for, to put down other minorities. Mm. That's the point of those stereotypes. And when this, when this um, professor who is taking the, the, the good minority stereotype and is going, Hey, I need less of this group. All I'm hearing is that why aren't there more white people in my class? That's it. That's all I'm hearing from that from that professor. Well, to be honest, it's basically what she's saying without actually saying that. Right. That's that's, that's exactly what I'm hearing. Saying the quiet part loud, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, saying the quiet part loud. I'm saying her quiet part loud. And so that's that's my first thought is that this just this is just the white supremacist dog whistle. Um, and then the second thought I have is that. Um, Hold up, I had it and I lost it. Um, oh, <laughs> it, it's it's uh, no, okay, I remembered it. It's the background. It's the background of the thoughts she's having, right? Um, if I used to, there was in school, they had this poster that you people here might remember. It was something along the lines of your feelings turns into your thoughts, your thoughts turns into your words, your words yeah. turns into your actions, actions, and your actions become your beliefs, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> Um, my, the thing that I am, am background, like from her sentences, the thing that background worries me is that she's saying these things. How is she treating the students as great? How is she treating That is a good point. Like, I, I, in the, the poll doesn't give enough information about this, but assumedly if she is just thinking, saying these, these things, her actions on grading are much worse towards these students. And in all fairness, maybe this is a large lecture hall and she doesn't know who is who, but that doesn't mean she can't stereotype based off names. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's a good point. Well, when so- it comes to the, the point of academic freedom and infringing on it, if I think academic freedom stops when you're actively no longer being an academic and you're just being <laughs> discriminatory to your students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think as far as freedom of speech goes for the, for the poll, I don't really have a limit on it, but I also don't believe it. I don't believe in limit on freedom of speech, but I do believe in um, consequence from that lack of limitation. If you say racist stuff, you get in trouble for saying racist stuff. Well, Well, shit get hit. 
<laughs> yes. Honestly, and that actually like really, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, and we went in a bit of a, uh, what a bit of, we went on a bit of a tangent. Yeah. But um, like, it kind of gets to the point here of like what I think we were trying to get at, which was like, so the like the idea of tenure, um, and then like it 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 largely protects people from their like from their actions. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, that's true. And uh, colleges should maybe consider like there are other things that the college that um, that impact that impact her that the college could do. Mm-hmm. I say like, I can't fire you, but I can make you miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, can you revoke tenure? Is that a thing? Um, I actually don't know. Uh, well, it doesn't happen very often. It, like, it, it really oh, doesn't God. happen very often. I, I mean, the thing that I've heard of most is when all their like classes are taken away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yep. there's like still on staff, but like they don't get to right. teach. Right. They don't get to teach. They just put them in a bubble. Yep. You know, that, that happened to you know, a professor at the school where I went. I, say, I, know, I, say, I know that you I say, I know that you really care about this board and that you're very active in it. It'd be a real shame if you just didn't get to participate in that anymore. I'm mm-hmm. going to reassign, like, we're going to change the, like, we'll change the rules or I'll reassign you or. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, because the employer can do that. If you're yes. in, if you're impeding the course of their business, they can decide. They can adjust that, they for, can you. Adjust yeah. that for you. So, yeah, that the consequences, as Nick pointed out. Yep. I think that's the thing that, that always confuses me about how people view freedom of speech is that, like, they, for whatever reason, believe that that means they're free of consequence. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're free of government consequence is what the actual... Right, like, right. Or, you know what? I was curious about one thing she said, and she made it sound like there was some jealousy of blacks and Asians. And I don't know how she pinpointed those two groups specifically, but they were jealous of Western. Yeah, let me let me let me grab it for you. Um, it was that uh, blacks and Asians are resentful, resentful. of Western success. I, <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm curious how you guys define resentful. I'm real. I'm real interested in how you define Western success. That's what. Uh, yeah. That's what I was saying. Is that too? <laughs> it's like. Um. I mean. Yes, Europeans colonized. I uh, say colonized America, and uh, you know, I mean yes, colonized America, largely the U.S. Other places too, but like most successfully in the U.S. Congratulations, mm-hmm. you were the only cultural, like only culture willing to genocide an entire <laughs> other culture. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the victory you think it is. Right. Definitely. No, it's not. <laughs> Trust me, that's not what I'm yearning for. <laughs> In my alone thoughts. <laughs> oh, I'm saying, oh I, I, my mistake. You genocided one culture and then seized, or I'm sorry, you genocided a whole group of people of several cultures right. and then seized other people to use as slaves for... Uh, Oh, I don't think the this resume. is the victory that you think it is. Uh, but the it, resume it was, doesn't it was look a victory. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you by know, some definition, by yeah. some <laughs> definition, by some definition, it was. You know, it was. Uh, it, it's a. It's a weird thing that we're all living through. Yeah. Right. Being that descendants. We're still, that we're, that we're that still we're feeling. The, that we're still of. feeling. We're all descendants of it, trying yeah. to make sense of it all. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that point I've heard that before, and I just never understood why someone would think that. So, I mean, I, I applaud the students for uh, advocating for themselves where the school hadn't because she's been there and been she's been saying these things for a for long a time. Yeah, This is not a one-off. Correct. And that, that's part of the reason why uh, there, is, there is action being attempted mm-hmm. against her because of all of the, the, the breadth of... Uh, the statements that she's been making, not even just now, but mm-hmm. throughout her course uh, of employment at the school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, freedom of speech. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Alex. Yep. You got a trend for me? Uh, I do. Uh, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. Starbucks unions. Okay. <laughs> I got Spoiler you there in that first half. <laughs> <laughs> he did look a little concerned. Oh. Like, eh, where are we going with this? So um, to date, there are 290 stores in 38 states that have filed petitions with the federal government to unionize. Nice. Um, hey. Of those, 
150 have succeeded. Nice. That's a win. That's far. That's far. Not all like now 169 have had their votes. 150 have succeeded. 19 uh, have lost according to organizers. Um, yeah, but that's still a win. That's more than we had before. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a huge win. And uh, it's uh, for like those good statistics, 88.7%. Nice. Now I have a quick question. Yeah. Does that include our basic service area where Nick is, where Sasha is, and where we are? Are there any? Um, what about I Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York? Well, so interested. there are. I say I'm happy you mentioned New York. We're gonna get there in just a moment. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll slow my roll. I'll, I'll All right. I'll so um, one <laughs> such store was um, in uh, say in Ithaca, right? Next, uh, say uh-huh. in uh, say in Cornell. Okay. Um, and. Uh, Two weeks after winning their unionization vote, um, the company decided that they were going to close that location. What? Yeah, yeah, that that sounds. So, right. like a little bit of background, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I say it's a Ithaca, New York. It's like right next to Cornell. Well, most say it's you know well, right next to Cornell. Right. There are a bunch of college students, and college students don't have cars. Because you're in New York. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, the as I for, according, you know, according to former workers, we're always busy. We may as I say we make thousands of dollars in revenue a week. The we, only reason you're closing the store is because you don't want to participate with the union, and this is retaliation. You really think it's retaliation? Because oh, it's on college retaliation. college campuses, yeah. you know, I went to visit my one of my old schools, and there's a Starbucks. Everywhere, like, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. so could it be an innocent consolidation of no, no? I, you no. know, I'm always there's, trying to half full <laughs> this. I I, I, I appreciate this. you so double advocating this, okay. but there, there's no way to spin this one. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll just okay. I'm quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I like the idea of trying to be optimistic about it, but it's 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 too convenient. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if they had like we're having record low profits consistently for a long time. And then they happen to unionize, and then they were like, "Well, we were going to shut down anyway." I can see the spin, but, but I don't think that's what. But it's happening. just crazy to shut down a profitable arm of your business. Like you hate something that much. Apparently, well, mm-hmm. well, that's yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Okay, um, I'm still quiet. Well, go on this. Go on this adventure <laughs> with me. So, um, when at um, this was a piece by NPR, and when asked to comment about the de- um, about the decision, uh, Starbucks failed to respond. Of course, they did. Uh, of course it. However, um, while it was uh, while um, Starbucks and their uh, corporate um, board were unwilling to respond to NPR's um, CEO Howard Schultz um, did do, uh, do an interview with uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin of the New York Times, and when he was asked could he ever see himself embracing the union, Howard Schultz responded tersely, "No." Um, mm-hmm. He said, uh, "This is a, a little bit of a just um, an absolute no, uh, like apparently. no consideration." Yes. Like. Um, so uh, he said uh, he followed it up with, and this is a little bit of a paraphrase: um, "The customer experience will be degraded if a third party is integrated into our business." Of course, I'm. I don't. Of I don't. T- I don't really believe that. Um, <laughs> uh, this is to say. This has uh, sparked. Um, uh, some people, including uh, Jordan um, Zacharin of uh, of More Perfect Union, um, uh, to consider uh, sorry to report say to report um, Schultz's statement uh, to the NLRB, saying that this marks a significant and potentially illegal shift in the company's public statements about its relationship uh, with say with uh, Starbucks Workers United. So specifically, the law demands that curring, that during collective bargaining, employers must confer in good faith with respect to wages, hours, and other terms and conditions of employment. And by saying, will you embrace the union the, and, and saying no and talking about this, you know, the degradation of your customer experience. Um, hmm. Might have just shot himself in the foot. Um Potentially, it will be up. To, obviously, it will be up to the NLRB and um, the NLRB tries. That's what I'll, I'll give them. They try. Um, well, people don't really make it easy for them. I mean, you are correct. U.S. laws do not make it easy for them. 
all of those laws that we say that were won with uh, with blood from coal miners and uh, and factory workers. Yeah, mm. we uh, we don't don't make it easy on them. That's true. I wonder if the company is has any interest in finding out why their employees want to unionize, like to get oh. at the root of they, the they of the issues why. and at least address the the why. You know, I'm sure there are variations in different places around the country. I feel like if they were in, if they were actually interested in this is pure speculation here. This is this is just me and my jaded tinfoil hat <laughs> speaking. <laughs> uh, but I, I wholeheartedly believe that if, if the, if the Starbucks leadership were actually interested in learning the why as to why their companies wanted to union or their employees wanted to unionize, they wouldn't need to. Yeah. That's, well, that's the other part of it. Like, that's my point. Like if you're so against the unions, then talk to your people and find out what the whys are. This is a very wealthy company. They probably have resources that can easily begin the process of addressing those those wise, I just, I don't know. I think it's a, do. I think it's a fight that doesn't need to be a fight. But, but Francine, yeah. you would endanger shareholder value and the illusion of infinite growth. We must drive, we must uh, drive costs as low as possible. We must expand profits as high as possible to make, to maintain the illusion yeah. of infinite growth and standard corporate greed. I but, get but it. I get it. Remember, but it goes against their original mission when they started. When Starbucks began. Yeah. It was going to be that different kind of company that did listen to their frontline workers. Well, that's what they told It's you. in their mission statement still. It is. It is. Right. But do you know uh, what they did to get their uh, coffee beans? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what type of un- illegal union busting activity they had to do in South America to get, mm. their, uh, to get their coffee beans? Yeah, it's a little gangster. But, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> we could start somewhere. Baby steps, you know. <laughs> oh, well, baby steps. Uh-oh. We 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 fought <laughs> wars over this, Francine. No, you're right. There's no way. I, I, I just, but no. Unfortunately, you're right. I guess what I'm speaking to is just the being reasonable with the human. And, you know, it's funny that the COVID thing has, has uh, created this whole essential worker phenomenon that uh, people who are in these positions have utilized this in, in, in this way that says, Hey, we, we do deserve the right to kind of speak up for ourselves in this way. We do deserve it. And then they chose the union as a vehicle to do that. It, to me, it, it makes it sound like they haven't been heard for a while. And that is the problem in saying no to unions even if you don't like a lot of people have a lot of mixed views about unions. I mean, it's not a perfect history. I get it. But to say no to unions just tersely and outright also is saying no to hearing the employees. So that's the part that gets me. As it should. Yeah. And uh, one other bit of uh, bucket of water I want to throw on this, uh, on, on this argument is he wants to talk, he wants to talk about his, um, it will the degradation of our customer experience. Well, do you know what will degrade customer experience? Denying people access to bathrooms <laughs> and denying people access to time off. Well, it was it, yes. Oh, that whole thing about the bathrooms. Yes, yeah, that oh, was well, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that was a thing. So yeah. reversing a 2018 policy, um, uh, CEO, I say, executive, sorry, chief executive Howard Schultz said. Um, that uh, effective immediately, um, bathrooms will be reserved for paying customers only. So they went back on that whole thing. Remember when they did the training when those guys were arrested? Yes. So that's yep. so. Um, the the deci- Um. So what was that about? That was like a waste of. So I say. So the policy. <laughs> say. So the policy is a. Say is um. The policy change is as a result of the April 2018 incident in which two black men arrived at a Starbucks in Philadelphia um, for a business meeting with a colleague, and one of them was denied access to a bathroom, and uh, an employee called the police claiming the men were refusing to order anything or leave the store. Um and uh most people i see up at starbucks like they have their own canister they they came with snacks they're just chilling and working oh i say i honestly i have used starbucks to meet with um do it all the time yep. <laughs> say, 
I've used it to meet with uh, potential clients. I like I ran a tu- I ran a private tutoring firm for five a little over five years now, and um, uh, you know, like tutoring is obviously like an intimate activity, right. and um, right. so, and so in order to Especially like kind of meeting a client for the first time, like I try to like like to use public locations. So sense. if they like if they don't want to use a, like if they don't want to do the local library, mm-hmm. I say I like I'll meet them at a Starbucks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now, yes, I do tend to order something while I'm there. I don't. But um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I respect that. Sometimes, but now I feel like I have to go to Starbucks and be prepared to go to jail. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Say, let me call my people first before you take me in. Okay. Uh, if you don't hear from me in like two hours, I'm going to need you to come post my bail. Always bring your lawyer with you if you're going to start. <laughs> always bring your lawyer. I mean, that's it. Always have a lawyer. Yes. Always have so, a lawyer. Um, yes. But yes. So, um, again, uh, it's very difficult to take you this any argument of we care about our customers. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point now. That and makes they're sense. They're doing all of these anti-customer things, yeah. Right. Anti-paying because you're not paying, you're not a customer to say, them. But say, they but redefined it. I haven't paid yet. Mm. Anyone is a potential like I haven't say, anyone's a potential customer, right? Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Say, Yo, Maybe after I've gone to the bathroom and drew my bladder, I would want some coffee. Yeah. So yeah. I say so I say I it's it's funny you mentioned that I literally did that to the like out of the cafe on the way here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to the, to the, like, I like kinda to the did cafe. do the same thing. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I went in there and I was like, like, you know, can like can I use your restroom? And they were like, Yeah, sure. But like I you know, used the restroom, took care of my business, came out and bought a latte. Yeah. Had they not let me use the restroom, I would have gone down the street to somewhere else. Yeah, I, I kinda have done that too. Yeah. Good point. All right. So, you know, fuck Starbucks and uh, <laughs> pro unions. Oh, he doesn't mean are it. You just, guys just embrace just like, the employees. He'll come back. <laughs> I feel it's like, true. I feel like uh, on a lot of these episodes, like, we're just like, fuck a thing. Okay, now the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Last time it was fuck Blizzard. Now it's fuck Starbucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So um, I don't really have like a a huge discussion plan for this episode, but I do want to call attention to something Um, there going back to the poll um, and, and the way that uh, the professor, Miss Wax felt about how any institution or things would be better off with less blank insert, whatever you would want here. There are a lot of people in America who feel that way. Some people obviously take that to an extreme and decide to do something about it. That's why we have acts of violence. But I think it, it's it's an interesting thing that we have that I don't believe I've seen in many other cultures around the world where we are very intentionally exclusionary here in America. And I know that a, a good portion of that comes from kind of the way that we're founded and as Alex had said the way that the uh, conquest kind of happened um, it, with the, you know, with the land and everything. But I, I think it, it's, it's interesting to point out, uh, especially since as we've discussed in these last few episodes, kind of, you know, acts of violence and the ways that uh, people handle them. I, I think it's an important thing to notate that there are very many people who feel like America would be better off with less black people, with less Asians, with, sometimes less people in general. And I, I wonder how much of that plays into the thoughts behind someone who would go to a school and take the lives of children or would take in an AR 15 to a mall and open fire and things along these lines. And like, how do we combat that? Like, how do we combat the other thinking? Here in America, the othering that, that that people tend to do. What are some ways that we can maybe connect people more and get people to care more about not even just like other groups aside from them, but just to care about the sanctity of life overall? Mm-hmm. Because even then, like if if I'm a, if I'm as a person's like fuck black people, right? Like mm-hmm. I I might take an action that 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 tears apart a black community. Like mm-hmm. I, there, there are so many things that that affects, not even just the people who may or may not have lost their lives. There, right. there are so many other people who are also impacted by that, who are either adjacent 
or mm-hmm. other ways, you know, affected. And so I have a couple of very open-ended questions that may or may not have answers. Uh, but in a general sense, I, my heart goes out to all the people who are affected by gun violence, especially, but just acts of violence here in America. We, we, we see them all the time with, you know, police brutality against black people with, uh, obviously, you know, mass shootings and, and several other things associated. I just, what is there anything we can do to make our fellow Americans care more about our other fellow Americans? So empathy is a skill. It's a thing that you just say. It's not like it's not a it's not anything that is. Um, it's not. It's not an inherent quality. It's a thing that you learn over time. It is a thing that you practice, and it is um, the most basic thing that we can extend to each other. Like like love is the best thing that we do, and like as as, as organisms as beings, um, like but em- like an empathy is like the the base of like is the basis of that. So um, yeah, we could teach like we can teach empathy. Um, mm-hmm. We can uh, expose people to we we can do more things to encourage collaboration. Um, we can expo- uh, we do more things to like expose people to like different ways of life and like different like in different people. We could do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it would require getting rid of some of the racism. It would require getting rid of uh, some of the say some of the other prejudices. Um, and uh, hey, if you let's say if if um, the corporate class were more empathetic, then uh, we could even get rid of classism. Mm-hmm. You view your workers as people, then uh, I won't hate you. So, <laughs> For, I'm sorry, Nick. You're about to say something. Oh yeah, I. I agree with what Alex said for the most part. I think empathy teaching is a really good way to um, like get people to empathize more. It's kind of obvious in itself. And then like having people meet people of different backgrounds is a great way to, um, you know, examine their biases, grow their mind, that sort of thing. a fun fact about me, and here's where I think my disagreement's going to come uh, with you, Alex. I grew up in a neighborhood where I was the token white person, and I was still racist as all hell for a long time. Um, and like, even with that exposure of being in an area of majority black people, um, of good amount of Mexicans, and then me, it didn't functionally do anything because I was still bound by the society we live in. I was still taught the same stuff. Mm-hmm. The only difference is when I moved to a white area, I was like, I fucking hate <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> and like, it, it, it doesn't work as well as you'd hope it worked. It works great on paper, but like even growing up in an area where I, it was uh, by the definition of diverse, not diverse, but like, Mm-hmm. You know, I, you get the idea. Um, it didn't help. It didn't really help me. I had to examine my biases, deconstruct my thoughts and learn from the way that I thought about things and the way I thought about people. Um, and one of the things that you can learn from that is basically love and hate are not opposite. As ironic as that sounds, um, hate stems from love because the inner, the thing that connects them is fear. The only people who hate other people are people who are afraid of the, the group that they hate hurting the people they love. That's, that is how that works. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is no way you can hate like, for instance, a black person, unless you are afraid that the black person will hurt someone that you love. And that is what the, the racism of America is founded on and based on outside of just like weird prejudices the uh, um, like subhuman nonsense that I think is stupid, but is where, is where it kind of started. The, the there's tons there's tons of rhetoric about just if, just for instance black people being violent or being aggressive that it's completely baseless that through economic disparity they inadvertently like made true 
And I don't mean it's true that black people are violent. I mean, it's true that like, because of poor economic class that mm-hmm. they forced black people into, mm-hmm. now they can make up these statistics that black people are more violent inherently, mm-hmm. which is untrue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, essentially what I'm saying is the only way I think to like bridge that gap is to take away that othering, that fear, and like be like, no, black people as a group, as a unit, do not want to hurt you or your loved ones. That's not how any of this works. People are individuals. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, and then once you can remove that fear and by extension the hate, you can like then lead, lead the opening into examining biases, examining the beliefs, the, the, the society we're brought up in. But until you remove that level of fear that stems from love and the hurting of a loved one, you can't, there's not a lot you can do. Mm-hmm. Engineer better humans. Got it. <laughs> Engineer better humans. Yeah. Engineer better society. <laughs> you become, uh, become transhuman. Man, transhuman. Uh, from my perspective, I, you know, I think that people don't normally change without some sort of catalyst. Yeah. And um, since most of us have to work for a living, um, a lot of times the places where we're forced to come together under someone else's authority is usually that catalyst, right? So we go to work and we dress a certain way, not because we want to, but because we want to fit whatever company standard, whatever it takes to keep this job. That's, that's what we'll do, including how we represent ourselves at work and outside of work, right? We don't want anything to get back. And I think that sometimes practice through those sorts of uh, things, uh, through jobs, through education, like universities, well, not in the example we used, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it, it, but let's stick with the work thing. Like, for instance, with Professor Wax, it, it, the university may not change her uh, mentality, but they can change her uh, exposure, her, her, her ability impact. to, her impact, her ability to connect her views to other people through them and thereby, you know, affect her and the quality of her employment, right? Um, the other cases that you mentioned about people shooting folks, you know, you almost have to take those case by case because the Buffalo shooting feels and seems different than Uvalde. Uh, the Buffalo sure. shooting, you have an 18-year-old I know they keep calling them men, but they're like 18-year-old kids, right? They're still teenagers um, who had had his mentality so amped up in such a way that he would destroy his own life by trying to kill other people, you know, to to be triggered in in that strong of a way. Uh, To reach people like that, I can't even begin to, because that's in the home. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't off by himself. He was in in the home with, with parents and that, you know, empathy, I believe, starts at home. The examples of empathy come from those who are bringing you up, your parents, your aunts and uncles, your cousins. You know, we teach kids how to be nice, right? We teach kids how to care. We teach them how to share. If that doesn't come from the home, then society has to adjust, and that usually happens through workplaces or university settings, and there are consequences when you don't get it right, right? Yeah. So, I mean, w- outside of that, we really don't have a lot of, there's a, my point is there are a lot of cracks to fall through. Yes, 100%. And uh, because a lot of it is because of the freedoms that we want to keep and the freedoms that we want to enjoy, right? We don't want to be in a police state and people, you know, tracking our thoughts and, our, and everything and trying to predict our, our deeds. But uh, I, I'm not sure. I just don't have a lot of faith in that that change. I think something almost has to happen outside of us to make us turn and pay attention. That's probably fair. I Um, I agree with the people don't change unless they're forced to. I wholly agree with that. mm -hmm. And I think the thing that like my money is on is generational gradual change um, because big events happen every day and it doesn't seem to change people's minds. Mm -hmm. Right. We're kind of, uh, as a lot of the other previous podcasts we've done, we're kind of desensitized to it yeah. and fatigued yeah. from it. Yeah. And so I think currently the best way outside of 
<laughs> um, a revolution um, is gradual. Dare you say? <laughs> dare I say? Um, is gradual generational change. Yeah, um, I agree millennials, millennials have the most empathy of um, any previous generation, and that Gen Z are taking that empathy and going. I have empathy, but I don't have empathy for bad people. And obviously, this isn't you know a whole the um, whole generation. But generally speaking, right, right. They've made that, it pretty clear that they they have a line that they yeah absolutely will protect. Mm. Yeah. Millennials have unbound empathy, and Gen Zs have empathy with a boundary. Yes, mm. that's what they learned from the previous generation is to have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, did, does anybody have anything else to, to say on that before I, I close it up? I know oh, you were you Professor were kind of you were kind of make okay. I I didn't want you to I didn't want to deny you yeah I, 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 I didn't want to deny you your chance it. to I speak because it seemed know. like you you had some things you wanted to say but say show's going on long enough you're good that's <laughs> fair that's fair okay it's his alone thoughts well, <laughs> like I said before uh, my heart goes out to everybody who's who's been impacted by um you know acts of violence and mass tragedy and I hope that we can use uh, these acts as fuel to become a better America where one. Hopefully there truly is justice for all and people can live without fear of becoming victims when they leave their home. But with that being said, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Elyag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also be sure, oh wait, no, no, I started the sexy open. I have to, I have to close sexy too. Yeah, put some sexy on that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you in part by El Yag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts, articles, and polls like the one we covered today. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. We will see you next time. Josh in the studio out. <laughs>